Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. It is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. You're with Lyle and Mon and it is somewhere... We think in 2018, in 2018, <laughs> because this is a late possibly October. <laughs> yes, indeed. We've already recorded this show. It was recorded on uh, Tuesday, the 9th, 9th of October. Uh, but you are listening to delayed broadcasts. Uh, but don't worry. Do you know what? If you're really keen back then, you can jump across to the live show. Super easy. Go to faithfm.com.au, press play on the live stream, or download the free TuneIn app. And you can search for Faith FM Australia and listen to us there. Or even better, give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM and harass us and tell us that we have to get the live show out to where you are. Yes, and we will endeavour to do so in the process of writing some new software right now, which we're super excited about, which uh, enables us to broaden our live coverage. So, mm, yes, the very live show. Very exciting stuff. The live show coming your way. Give, mm. us, some, give us some encouragement and we will... Uh, and, of course, keep us have, in prayer. Um, yeah. Yep, we'll have. Hey, Lyle. Yeah, yeah, what? Mm-hmm. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful for. Well, you know, I was grateful for two things yesterday. Mm-hmm. So one of those is for yesterday, one of them is for today. <laughs> I can't remember which. Um, but it was grateful to be back mm-hmm. and grateful for daylight saving, even oh, though I'm please. sitting here with my eyes kind of hanging out of my head a little bit because <laughs> the first week of daylight saving, I the will worst. admit, I, the first week of daylight saving is a bit tough. Yeah, yeah, it is. Be honest, tough it out for one week and then you're fine. I'm so excited to tell you what I'm grateful for, Lyle. You'll be so proud of me. So you know how I'm a bit of a plant killer. Yes, like everything you are, I right? tend to dies. Plant murderer, <laughs> murderer. So like murderer mon. So you remember a few months ago I asked you mon advice on how to how to grow basil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I did what you advised. You put so the seed in the ground. You put water on top. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I did last. Exactly what I did. It's amazing so I, how it works. I had this huge, huge uh, purple ceramic pot, and uh, and I'm so sick of going to the supermarket and like paying five, six dollars for just a sleeve of basil, which lasts me like one recipe. And so I uh, filled the pot with the with the right kind of soil and and, and put in all these different kinds of seeds, like a big mix up of seeds. I did a purple basil, Thai basil, uh, sweet basil, and basil basil, mm-hmm. and it is flourishing. Basil basil. Basil, basil, yeah, basil, basil. <laughs> what is basil, basil? <laughs> it's yummy, is what I it thought is. There was, I thought there was actually only one kind of basil. <laughs> now there's a squizillion. There's like all kinds. My favorite is Greek basil, which I've only ever had when I was in Spain. It was the best. Oh. You've only ever had Greek. Basil, basil in, in I know, Spain. In Spain, I know, right? I know. You never had that in Greece. I never had it in Greece. I was so tempted to try and sneak that thing back into the country, but um, it's flourishing. It's, I have a little forest of basil. I'm so proud of it, and uh, it's all different colours because you know purple basil is purple, as you would expect. So, I mean, maybe it grew because I wasn't here in the country and it just did well without me, but. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, stay tuned. We have a great show coming up for you today. We have a wonderful quiz you can try and answer and uh, get the prize there. So stay tuned. Baba 
How good was that? <laughs> yeah, that's Mon style of music right there. I love it. I love it. A little bit of Isikata Mia early in the morning makes you have a good day, I swear. Okay, Lyle. Don't swear. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fine, I won't then. That's so all I wanted to do this morning was get up and cuss on the radio. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> now that your brains are most definitely in gear, I'm going to give you the Not first Not so clue. sure about mine. <laughs> the first clue for our quiz. We need this quiz. Oh, don't we? We need this quiz to help us get over jet lag. Uh, not jet lag. Well, I'm getting over jet lag. <laughs> getting yeah, over you're this. complaining about daylight saving. <laughs> daylight saving is not your problem. It's your jet lag that's <laughs> yeah. your problem. Well, we all need this quiz to help us get over our daylight savings funk because, you know, a little bit of brain activity early in the morning. What city am I? And I'll give you a clue. It's not Sydney. This is, the, this is where the angel of the Lord killed Herod Agrippa. Okay, you should know the answer to this one because we studied about a book that contains this story recently. Did we? 
Maybe we did. <laughs> I'm so nervous you're going to give this away. <laughs> give us a call if you know what the answer is. If you know the city where the angel of the Lord killed Herod Agrippa, you can call us now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. Lyle, I have so much good news. I have good news coming out of my ears. Um, so you actually don't have anything coming out of your ears right now because you've got um, you know, headset on. <laughs> Thanks, literal Lyle. <laughs> That's a good nickname for you, a little literal while, if I can say it. I have so much good news. I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna tell you two quick good news stories, and then one longer good news story, which I think you will particularly enjoy. So here's a blast from the past. Oh man, I'm sorry, that was a really bad pun. Um, so you remember Chernobyl? Yes. Do you remember Chernobyl? <laughs> I remember Chernobyl from history books. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Chernobyl from when it happened. Yeah, well, I actually have good news coming out of Chernobyl. So it's been about three decades uh, since they had the nuclear disaster. For those who don't know, there was a nuclear disaster in Chernobyl, which is a uh, Ukrainian city and actually had to be abandoned. So it was abandoned, I think it was like 1986. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, they had a massive explosion, uh, which was caused by their nuclear reaction reactor. And, uh, and of course, the disaster, you know, just completely polluted all the surrounding area with radiation, making it basically inaccessible. So, it's, it's a bit of a sad story. Um, but get this right, and I didn't even know this was possible. They've built a historic new solar farm and launched it in Chernobyl. Really? I'm serious. I'm serious. So, this is… Can't be too close to ground zero. Well, well, I don't know. Like it's in Chernobyl, so it's a it's a new three thousand eight hundred panel solar farm. Um, it was launched on the contaminated grounds of Chernobyl and is expected to roughly power about two thousand homes. That's pretty cool. And uh, it's uh, it's the first time that power has been produced inside the thousand square mile exclusion zone since the plant was shut down. You know, I actually really want to go to Chernobyl. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, seen yeah. a couple of docos where like the locals are like, "Don't go there," and the presenter's like, "Okay," and goes there. I know, I know, and it's so cool. It's just like this city frozen in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I love places like goes that. Down, it's like yeah. you went to Cuba, didn't you? Which yeah. is frozen in what nineteen sixty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three and or nine like a or something. Snapshot of history and i went to iran and that's kind of frozen in about 1973 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's the it's definitely want to go to chernobyl briefly but yeah just until you until your radiation count until is I start up. to glow because yeah, you do get one of those those meters those reading meters that you hang around your neck and it tells you like when you're sort of maxed out your okay. body's like had enough. Oh, oh so the tour the tour they have tours through there it's or? not a tour it's an actual device i, I don't know if you like it if you have to have it on you or if it's just recommended that you have it on you if you're going in there. But you hang it around your neck and it starts to like beep and then it gets progressively like... like maybe it's just get a spacesuit and then I could hang around there for as long as I wanted. Yeah, well, maybe. But I don't know. Doesn't radiation go straight through a spacesuit? I, I thought that was a problem with radiation. Oh. I've heard all kinds of things. I heard that through natural remedies you can combat um, uh, radiation. I've heard that if you eat seaweed or something like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yep, go to Chernobyl <laughs> and then start munching on kelp. <laughs> yeah. But you don't like seaweed, where's the do nearest, you? Where's the nearest kelp head? No, it's just yeah. like stale fish. Anyway, it's a $1.2 million solar project. It was facilitated by a Ukrainian company, Rodina, and also Germany's uh, energy company, 
Enerpak. Um, so the farm is set to start selling energy in July. Um, and the, of course, the people of Ukraine are very excited about it because, as you can imagine, it's, it's they said it's really hard to underestimate the symbolism of this particular project. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. They're generating electricity in Chernobyl again. Yeah, yeah, moving forward. Okay, another quick story. Um, this is so sweet. So in India, uh, there was a gentleman, Vikas Jani, who was uh, – he had a dream of becoming a pilot, right? And um, and unlike here in you know in the west, like in Australia, you know the villages over there, they're like your extended family. So his village was very supportive of his dream to become a pilot. And uh, and while he was you know trying to fulfil this dream, um, he made this promise to the people of his village that if he ever achieved his dream, um, he would take all the senior citizens of his village for a flight because like these are people who you know never been in a plane before, never been on a flight before. <laughs> anyway, he actually fulfilled his dream he became a pilot and and he made good on his promise and he got all the men and women of his village that were between the ages of 70 and 90 and took them for their first ever flight um so this is a village uh, uh called sarangapur in adampur uh, in india and they were so excited and they were so happy with uh, this gentleman they said many people make promises to the to the elderly but jani kept his word and uh, he fulfilled his dream and that's the most important thing for me all youth should follow his example and we should all respect our elders and i have the cutest photo that i'm going to put up on our insta and our social media now this <laughs> A group oh, no, no, this is not just a little plane. This is like a, a little plane. full commercial full airliner. Full commercial airline. So um, you can see there's a whole plane full of all these elderly people just losing their minds. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and, uh, he, yeah, so he's now a uh, Punjab pilot. I think there's a Punjab Airlines or something. Uh, yes, yeah, so they all went for a flight and he took them to see uh, the Golden Temple uh, in the hallowed um, Jarahalawalabang region. I'm just butchering that. I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, they went from New Delhi to um, Rista. So they went and saw this temple. So how cool is that? It's that very is sweet. Very cool. That's just awesome. I love that story. That's amazing. Yeah, and Lyle. And, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go on, go, go on. Go on. Go. No, you go on. No, I just sort of thinking if, if, if we could be more community-based and elders could help the young people achieve their dreams and the young people could then, you know, yeah. pay it back. Yeah, exactly. What a better world we would have. I know. I want a village like that. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Lyle, you are a, a bit of a boater, aren't you? you like, I love sailing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm about to tell you some good news <coughs> about that. Cool. I think I referenced this uh, last week just briefly in passing, but some more research has come out about it and I just want to just shed a light on this because this is really, really cool. So, Dr. Wallace Jane Nichols, he's a marine biologist. He's written a book called Blue Mind. Um, it's actually a best-selling book, and it's uh, on the scientific connection between water and happiness. Yes. <laughs> yes. I knew you'd yes. like this one. Yes. I've always preached this, 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 this doctrine right here. Yeah. So apparently you can experience emotional and physical health benefits by spending time on a boat. Um, so, you know, he, he, he's described it as Blue Mind, um, you know, which is also the title of his book. And it's the effect that boating has on your lives and the fundamental connection, you know, because the planet, the planet is a lot of water and our body is a lot of water. It's a little bit weird, but he, he sort of does a bit of research into the uh, economic, ecological and educational as well as. I think he's stating the obvious, but anyway. yeah, true. Uh, uh, you know the 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 health the health benefits, and so um, you know we all know, like thanks to science, the mere sight and sound of water, uh, natural water promotes you know wellness. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It lowers your cortisol, it increases and all those serotonin. Ions that are in the air, yeah, it in, in, induces relaxation. Um, 
But this doctor, Dr. Nichols, is exploring, you know, how being on a boat benefits your overall health. And uh, and so he has, in, in, in the contrast to blue mind, he has something called red mind, which is a state of mind described as being like an edgy, an edgy high, you know, high stress, anxiety, fear uh, caused by stuff like money, uh, work, uh, all those kind of stresses associated with urbanization and a constant tether to technology. That was one of the big ones. And... Um, and being on a boat, it kind of like has to cut that off because you can't necessarily, you know, be at work or, or be, you know, thinking about your money mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being connected to technology when you're on a boat. You know, there's hard. Definitely more challenging. Yeah, it's hard to get Wi-Fi out at sea, and um, and yeah, and so he says, you know, when we step aboard a boat, traffic noise, television, offices, they all sort of fade away. And he said, he said this. He said the boat is the greatest technology ever invented to access and explore um, the the benefits of the blue mind and to escape the the uh, the anxious mode of the red mind um, and to you know to have this distracted life on land. Uh, we can just sort of escape that for a while by going out on the water. And uh, you know, he says boating triggers a restful state. And uh, it resets our brains. It's meditative. It promotes play and induces creativity. It's awe-inspiring and it appeals to our senses. That's it. Let's go sailing. Yep. Let's pack it up. It. Yep. We're Leave the here. office right now. See All you guys. Right. See you. Breakfast <laughs> show is over. We are <laughs> on Lake Macquarie. Yep. <laughs> well, I come to the garden alone. While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of his voice All the birds hush their singing The melody that he gave to me is in my heart Just a ring a ring a ring a ring a ring And he walks with me And he talks with me And he tells me I am his own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known
You're listening to Daniel Martin Moore with In the Garden here on Faith FM. And as we continue on with the show, we have another clue for the quiz that is already up on Instagram. There yes. is one prize available, so get mm-hmm. ready to call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. What city am I? Peter was sent by God to preach the gospel to the Gentiles in this city. And once again, this is a story that may have been in a book that we may have studied recently Mm -hmm. during our encounter with God. So you should all know the answer. So call us through now. And there is, we got got a new box, new prize box. I know, it was very exciting. We we had uh, Christmas shopping yesterday. Yes, Lyle and I, after the show, went down to BBF, Better Books and Food. And uh, we filled up a whole carton full of books and and goodies and prizes. We had had a bit of fun shopping. We we spent lots of money. (laughs) Lots of our boxes. Money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I hope the boss does not complain. Yeah, I hope they haven't seen the invoice yet. <laughs> how, 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 we just need to figure out a way of just you know sneaking that one. You know, how do you get those sneaky invoices that come through the yeah. just like a bill for nothing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get those sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm not paying this. This is a bill for nothing. Well, our listeners are going to be enjoying our new box of prizes. We actually have like almost two full boxes here. I laid them all out nicely yesterday. I'm very excited. It's like giving them all away. Stuff. Okay, so our news story this morning is about um, uh, domestic abuse in the Philippines. Oh, really? Which is actually remarkably high. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, very high level of domestic abuse in the Philippines and, and looking at some of the reasons for that. Uh, one of the ways that they are endeavouring to counteract that is by legalising for the first time ever divorce. Oh. Which will make it the second last country in the world to legalize divorce. So at the moment, the only two countries where divorce is illegal is the Philippines and the Vatican. Oh, snaps. Well, the Vatican. Who gets married in the Vatican anyway? Isn't that a whole bunch of priests? Yeah. Well, well I guess there's, um, you know, maybe Swiss guards or. Uh, uh, there would be people there that would be uh, uh-huh, not priests uh-huh. and not nuns. And okay. So, um, but anyway, those are the only two countries where it's illegal, and so yeah, looking at some of the um, some of the uh, I guess contributing factors to domestic abuse, and research has shown this in forty four countries um, around the world that uh, nominal religion, mm-hmm. nominal re- religiosity, is a very very high predictor for domestic abuse. So people who, ch- who people who attend um, church once a week have very low levels of domestic abuse. People who attend no church have reasonably no levels, but the highest levels are amongst nominal Christians. So a nominal Christian or a nominal Muslim or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. um, is somebody who would attend a worship service between you know uh, twice a year to once a month, somewhere in that range. I don't know why I'm so surprised. I mean, it, it does kind of make sense, but that is still quite... Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was very interesting, and of course, you know, the researchers looked into some of the reasons why, and because, uh, and a lot of it comes down to an ignorance of the, you know, the Bible mm-hmm. in, in this case, in the in the context of Christianity, where, you know, you you get some some partners that will will know that the Bible says, you know, wives submit to your husbands. But they won't know that the next verse says that husbands must love their wives to the point that they're ready to give their lives for her. Yeah. And that no submission is expected if you do not love your wife to that point. Um, 
and, uh, and and so that's, you know, with somebody who goes to church on a regular basis, of course, you're going to know that the Bible teaches this. You're going to know that the Bible is just jam-packed full from one end to the other with statements against violence of any kind whatsoever at all. You're going to have the tools that you need to be able to communicate in an effective way to make a relationship work. Would it also be that going to church once a week, you, you know, you're kind of getting spiritual fed and, and, and reviving your connection with God once a Absolutely. week. And staying connected with Him is, you know, going to be a better life path in, in every regard. Yeah, it's that, it's that moral recharge that you need. On That's a, right. On a and then basis. also going to church every week would provide you with the community. and um, Support. Yeah, support. And, you know, if you have problems, you can get help. If you do feel like becoming violent, you can also seek help and then... Yeah, I, I feel like Javier said... This is interesting. It's interesting you actually raised that because it does provide a, a, a place where you can get help. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I did find in the research was that um, religious women usually don't seek for help until it's too late, until the marriage is over. Mm-hmm. So uh, they won't go to, for counselling until they've reached breaking point and it's like, okay, I'm leaving the guy. Or, right. you know... That's interesting. Um, yeah, and, and they were looking at some of the reasons for that because a lot of uh, religious people obviously feel that, um, you know, they can, that, 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 that they, they read their Bibles, they, they have a connection with God, and so therefore they should be able to sort this out. And it's a failure on their part if they can't sort it out. They can just pray their way out of it, kind of a thing. Yeah, pray their way out of it, study their way out of it, whatever it might be, um, find the solutions themselves, and that they're a failure as a Christian. Um, or a religious person if they can't do so. And so often by the time that they actually leave their spouse, they have reached the point where they're not prepared to go back again. Which is sad because, you know, it's a problem like any other problem and getting help is not something you should... Yeah, yeah, that's right. Go to the experts. Yeah, exactly. uh, Because, you know, each one of us who is in ministry has an expert in different areas. Don't come to me mm-hmm. um, because you know, my expert is in history and prophecy. Mm-hmm. But go to somebody who is a trained counsellor. Yeah, it's like having a broken leg. You don't try and f- pray that. You know, exactly. You can you know, pray that to heal. But, I mean, you, obviously you will pray, but you still have to go to a doctor and get it set and that kind of thing. So if you have a broken exactly. marriage, go to a counsellor. Go to the expert. Add prayer to the mix, of course. And, um, you know, you have to get help. Yeah. Well, some of the other predictors of uh, of divorce is not just uh, nominal religion. So nominal, nominal. This was the one that sort of really caught my attention was uh, nominal religion is a predictor for high levels of abuse, um, <clears throat> but low socioeconomical environment, and of course the Philippines is uh, very low socioeconomical, um, low education. Once again, um, in the Philippines, a high level of superstition. So mm. you have somebody who is religious but nominal. And very superstitious. So they will go to church once or twice a year on special events because, you know, they have a certain superstition that, you know, those events are going to be important for them. Um, but, yeah, um, a lack of options. And this is the this is one of the big things that they're exploring in the Philippines at the moment. You know, because the Bible talks about divorce and the Bible talks about the reasons for divorce. And the Bible is very, very clear that, you know, if, you, if your husband hits you or vice versa, then um, you have no ground, no, no, no requirement to stay within that uh, relationship. And I would say that, you know, to, to any woman, if your husband hits you, then um, you need to get out of that situation. Absolutely. Just, just, just don't even question it because one of the problems with um, Christian women 
is that because we believe in redemption, we believe in life change, we believe in people being born again, they'll hang in there hoping and praying that their husband will be converted to the point they're just being beaten black and blue. Whereas a secular person doesn't necessarily do that. So there's a bit of a trap there that we need to be aware of. And the Bible never commands you to stay in a relationship where you are being abused, particularly if you're being physically abused. Yeah, I think the Bible promotes that we be servants um, but not be doormats. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we serve each other. Mm, that's right. Um, <clears throat> but, of course, in the Philippines you've got this, this lack of options because you know divorce is illegal, then if you leave that relationship – and if you're a woman and you have a relationship with somebody else, so if you're in a violent relationship, you leave that relationship to get away from it, which you should do, mm-hmm. then have a relationship with somebody else because you're feeling lonely or whatever, uh, that's a six-year jail term. Oh, wow. Six if you're years. a man and you do that, it's a four-year jail term. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit of a Sexist, issue there. Sexist, yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, the other issue, of course, is poverty. Um, where you know a lot of women would be first forced into prostitution or something like this to simply put food on the table if they were to leave that relationship, and so uh, there's actually every possibility. While, while you know divorce is one of those things we all hate, mm-hmm. it's a terrible thing. But Jesus talked about divorce, and Jesus talked about the need for divorce. And when you don't give people that option, then often people the the the, the other option is uh, is a whole lot worse, where people actually stay in violent relationships. Um, simply because uh, you know they they feel that they don't have the uh, the option to get out of that. Uh, I do situation. wish there was a middle ground because I don't think making a, a divorce illegal is an answer. But I also don't think the Western's approach to just divorce willy nilly. Yeah, no, is absolutely, the absolutely. Yeah. We need to have a major emphasis on keeping relationships working, not together. Mm-hmm. Working. We need to make relationships work because there are some relationships that that do need to break up. Yeah. Um, but we need, to, yeah. we need to make them work, yeah. If you have an opinion about this, give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Maybe you can tell us uh, some of your experiences with divorce and with a violent relationship. Follow your heart is what they say. I know that if I do. I'll be following something I can't know Deceitful and untrue I couldn't love you if I tried I couldn't find a way Unless my heart is led by God I'll only go astray If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you well, God is love, He gives to us A priceless gift that's free He gave Himself, He gave His all Unconditionally I wanna love you like He does, Lord Give me eyes to see The only way I can Is if you live inside of me If we wanna be one heart One flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three Chords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us With the fire that consumes 
to Josh Cunningham with three chords right there and what an appropriate song to have after just speaking about the subject of uh, domestic abuse. Mm. Now, Mon, before we continue on with our interview of the day, what's our next clue for the quiz? Our next clue is this. What city am I? This is where Agabus the prophet told Paul that he would be bound by Jews in Jerusalem and handed over to the Gentiles. Mm. Mm. If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is our number. Or text us on 0491-064-669 or via any of our social medias. I have uh, Leonore on the phone this morning. And Leonore is uh, based in Tasmania. She runs a program called White Butterfly. Leonore, welcome to the show. Hello, Lyle. Thank you for having me. Uh, Leonore... This uh, program that you've got called White Butterfly, I'm just wondering whether you could uh, 
Give us a description of exactly what it is. Yes, thank you, Lyle. Um, the White Butterfly Memorial Service for Pregnancy of, um, for Remembrance of Pregnancy and Child Loss is an annual event that we have been holding. This is our sixth year, um, and it's to give recognition to the loss of all pregnancy um, and child loss. Um, and so we hold this event um, at the Don Centre, and it's... Um, it's a beautiful two-hour service. Now, now just uh, yeah, we, we, we're national radio here. So, for the Do- the Don Centre is in Tasmania. Um, yes, in Devonport. In Devonport, in Tasmania. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so for this is you're you're particularly looking at um, mothers who have lost children very early on in pregnancy. Is that right? Well, it came. The White Butterfly event came about um, through Heaven's Care which is another project that we offer um, in our community. And Heaven's Care is handcrafted timber infant coffins that are um, available throughout the hospitals um, here on the northwest of Tasmania. Um, We have them at the uh, Mersey Community Hospital in La Trobe and also at the Burnie Private Hospital. Um, and we have also uh, coordinated for them to be at Launceston, although we don't continue to cover that area. We do have them um, positioned there. Um, and the infant coffins came about um, when I found out about a friend of mine who had lost um, her fifth baby and um, her last child um Uh, died in utero at 17 and a half weeks. And it's not something that I'd ever considered as to what happened with these perfectly formed um, babies that that die in utero between 14 and 20 weeks gestation. Um, And and so it came about that um, there was this huge gap uh, where these babies were not being given the dignity and the respect that they deserve um, in their burial. So we have these beautiful handcrafted timber infant coffins that are made for us by the Northwest Woodcraft Guild Incorporated, a beautiful bunch of people um, that do them in a voluntary capacity for us. We have them all um, satin lined and they are then distributed to the hospitals um, and we leave it up to the hospitals to dispatch them as they're required. We are really just there to provide a service um, have them made and distributed. Mm. Um, and so these babies are now given the dignity that they deserve. They're placed into these little coffins. Um, Vincent Funerals actually offer a free crem- cremation service um, and they take the babies away and return them in an urn back to the families. Um, that's the service that has not um, previously been available. Um, I don't know that there is anywhere else within Australia where there is something that's being um, professionally provided for these babies under 20 weeks gestation. These now, babies are babies that, that are not recognised as an early loss. So um, it's only of recent, in the last year or two, where there's now been um, given by the Department of uh, Registry of Births, Deaths and Marriages. They can now obtain an early pregnancy loss recognition certificate um, and they've not previously even had recognition for that. Mm. On that certificate, does you know does that provide for you know a name for the child and, and this kind of? Yes, so they they have an option. So it's a decorative certificate, as you would with a birth certificate, which you can get the smaller and the smaller one. 
So this is something similar, but it really just is um, providing a um, a recognition certificate is all it is. Um, And that's why these babies have not been given um, the recognition previously with their... Because they're not regarded as a viable life outside of of the uterus, they're not recognised as a birth and therefore can't obtain a death certificate. Um, But this recognition certificate does give families some comfort knowing that their baby um, has been positioned somehow and recognised for their short life here. Mm, 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 Absolutely. Um, Before before you started providing coffins, um, Mm. what would happen to babies, what would happen to babies, you know, born in this kind of, you know, very early on like this? Oh, well, if we're we're going back many, many, many years ago, um, unfortunately, these babies were um, discarded with the hospital waste. Right. And we're talking talking about fully formed babies here. These are 14 to 20-week gestational babies that are perfectly formed, that have died in utero, and their mothers have birthed them. Mm. Um, and so it's a tragic situation. Um, but of course, we're not living back in those ages. And so, um, yeah, thankfully, so, praise God for that. <coughs> oh, I know, absolutely. So the midwives do their very best that they can, and they have provided other resources around these babies. Um, and um, there are a group of women, Helen O'Neill from the um, Northwest private hospital is a driving force in bringing awareness and dignity um, and better services to bereaved families. Um, and so she organises a whole lot of different training workshops and things like that. So, um, yes, yeah, she's very, very proactive in um, providing better services and greater support for bereaved families. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've been to a couple of funerals um, of babies and children and um, – and it's, for me, it was just so much worse when, when you know, the, the coffin is either up, you know, up the front where it comes wheeled out and it's a tiny coffin. Like there's something so shocking about seeing mm-hmm. a small coffin and realising this life was cut mm-hmm. so short. Um, yeah. But do, do these mothers, do they actually, um, do they have a service, you know, as well as, you know, the dignity of being able to bury their child? Um, you know, in, in a coffin, do they, do they also have like a traditional sort of funeral service along with it? Well, look, that is up to the individual family. They, um, they can have a, um, a remembrance service within their own immediate family, um, but they, uh, they won't be buried at the cemetery, these babies. Um, there is no law actually saying they can't take them home um, and bury them in their backyard. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's not common knowledge, but that offer is, is made to families. But as I mentioned, we have coordinated with Vincent Funerals to provide a free cremation service where they'll come to the hospital, collect the baby in the coffin. Um, so it's about when, when that coffin is actually handed to the family in their moment of grief, there's so much trauma around it, but there's not a lot of, if you haven't been down that journey before, you don't know what to do and what's mm. available and what's not available. And so in these moments where there's a lot of grief and there's a lot of trauma, um, everything's moving very quickly and to be able to present them with this beautiful coffin that is satin lined with a little eider down in it and a cushion base um, it just 
it, the midwives have actually said that we have a, a duty of care to our patients mm. and we've never been able to fulfil it um, the way that we've wanted to and now we can. So not only does it impact the families that, that just cannot believe that someone has gone to the trouble to provide this, but also the fact that um, uh, they have this beautiful coffin and the midwives are able to present it and coordinate the whole thing for them. Um, through Vincent Funerals, yeah, you know, I just want to, I just want to give a, um, I, I just want to give a shout out to Vincent Funerals right here because, mm. you know, and <laughs> I don't know these people or mm. anything about them, to, but mm. to provide this as a free service, because mm-hmm. so often we look at, um, you know, this whole industry as something that, you know, with a little bit of cynicism that they're trading on people's emotions, and and funerals can be very expensive at times. To yeah. provide this as a free service to you know families that are you know. Really, truly suffering. I, I, I know, you know, my wife and her best friend fell pregnant about at about the same time, and her best friend um, lost the child due to an ectopic uh, pregnancy. And what that family went through was was real, true grief. This was a this was a Absolutely. real living person. This was a child that Absolutely. had a name and that they mm-hmm. had plans for, and and mm-hmm. that um, you know they had you know a whole life ahead of them that that, that was lost. I think loss mm, is loss, absolutely. you know, irrespective of how old the child is or whether or not, you know, it was born yet. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, just what Lyle said, this, 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 this service that's taking some of the confusion out of the tragedy is something that's mm. it's really, definitely really needed because, you know, what is it like? I think it's like 20% of pregnancies end in, you know, in, in miscarriage yes, and, yes. and, you know, they don't actually come to fruition, mm. which is hugely, very sad. But um, mm, having mm. having a process there and having something in place um, to, to mm. provide support, it's something that I, I didn't realise our society didn't already do this. Yes, no, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <coughs> so, so because we, <clears throat> after we saw how many we were actually providing to the hospitals, we realised that this is an area of um, that has not been addressed as far as a remembrance memorial service for these families that are losing babies and children. Um, And some, of course, need to make the decision to terminate their pregnancy due to um, severe um, difficulties with the baby Mm. and the development of the baby. And so the White Butterfly event came about because we we know that there are grieving families in our community, families that have not been given the opportunity to legally bury their baby. Um, families that up until recently could not even obtain a recognition certificate of their baby. Um, and so we, and hence the White Butterfly Memorial Service um, came about, and this is our seventh. So the coffins have been in the hospitals for about um, seven and a half years, mm-hmm. and this is the sixth White Butterfly Memorial Service that we're holding. So this is, um, a, this and, is an, an annual event? Yes, it's an annual event. Um, and we we have a, you know up to 120 um, guests come, but one of the things that impacted our, our team um, <clears throat> on the day is uh, three women from one family came in to the White Butterfly event from our community. Um, there was the grandmother, the mother, and her her daughter, and each of those women had lost a baby, <clears throat> and their stories were very different about whether they were given the opportunity to hold the baby, given the opportunity to grieve over the baby, um, whether they were given a coffin or not, and very different stories. And so it just shows that, thank God, we have actually changed 
and we are recognising this life regardless mm. of a gestational arrival of this baby, that it was valued, it was important, and we want to give honour and dignity to that life as well as respect the mother's grief. When, when you hold the White Butterfly event, um, you have uh, counsellors available if, if um, required? Yes, we, we always make sure that we have a, um, a very um, uh, capable um, pastoral care team are, are available on the day of the service. Um, and we have, we, we, our philosophy has always been that nobody sits alone. And so if somebody comes through the door and they don't have um, a loved one with them to support them, we make sure that we have enough pastoral care people that can sit with the women or the family member that's there. Um, sometimes we have grandmothers that just come because um, they've been impacted by the decision that their daughter has made for whatever reason um, or whether they've had to terminate their baby or they've lost their baby and it does impact the whole family mm. and the extended family and so we're very careful that each year we uh, we introduce somebody else and their story can be very different to the person before and our guest speaker always shares has a journey through the loss of a baby and is hopefully on the other side we don't want to invite people to come and just hear a, a tragic story but give them hope at the end of that story mm. that there is a a hope in the end and that um, and that uh, their life and their baby has been recognised. Mm. And they can come and share their story, which is what it's all about. Women need to be heard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Leonor, we are just about out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. I think what you're doing mm. is so important and Great. I really, really hope that this message starts to get out there and uh, other people start to become involved in running events similar to, uh, to what you're doing here. Well, let me tell you, it's on this coming Saturday, on the thirteenth—sorry, <clears throat> on the thirteenth of October, at two p.m. at the Don Centre, one hundred Don Road in Devonport. Um, our guest speaker this year is Holly Mainsbridge, um, and we will be there. Will be gifts, and all of the partners that are with us, community partners and support organisations, um, which is the Northwest Private Hospital, Vincent Funerals, the Fairy Godmothers, Bears of Hope. Northwest Woodcraft Guild Incorporated, Kyla's Foundation, Sids and Kids and Heartfelt will all be present um, and mm. they will be having a display table with all of their material available. Is there a website people can go to to get more details? Um, yes, there is. Um, if they go to Gateway Community Care, um, they will be able to find... Um, so gatewaycommunitycare.org. Oh, I need my glasses. Um, That's all right. <coughs> yeah. yeah. We, 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 can, we can look that yeah, up. And, net, um, net, sorry. Net, net, but I'm sure yeah. if our listeners Google White Butterfly Gateway Community Care, they'll find their way there. They yeah, we'll, we'll put up a link on our uh, on our Facebook and our social medias. Wonderful. Yeah, all absolutely. Right. Well, thank you so much okay. for providing the care that you do. It's been uh, you know, it's a really heartwarming story um, about mm. tragedy. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, but, I appreciate it, Monica. Thank you for the opportunity. You were listening to uh, Leonor from Tasmania, who runs White Butterfly, and what an important uh, ministry that we ha- that, that is taking place right there. Yeah, we actually have a song, Joshi's song, which is about a lost baby now. So have a listen to this.
food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. 
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Oh, that old house where the dear. 